and welcome back to another episode of Watch Once Never Again, where we watched fucked up movies so you don't have to. <laughs> I'm Mary Beth. I'm Dax. And this week we have a doozy, folks. We have an exhausting doozy of a movie. Let me just apologize. <laughs> for my this, was in, this was in fact your choice. It was. We did talk about it though. I just I so I want yes. everybody to know that like we check with each other before yeah. <laughs> uh, we pick something incredibly fucked up. And even when we pick something that's not incredibly fucked up, like, you know, we both have free passes to be like, hey, no, <laughs> and veto it or do it a later time or something. So that's how it works over here. But so for today's episode, we watched Jennifer Kent's 2018 uh, Rape Revenge historical drama slash western says western uh the nightingale yeah that's what we did that is exactly what we did and this was dax's first time watching it and not my and my second time watching it so but before we get into that dax do you want to read the synopsis to this movie it's a little bit long um we said last time you know it's a pretty long movie goes we both took breaks but like if you watched it straight through i feel like it would go pretty fast just non-stop action (laughs) all right cool all right so from wikipedia as always in 1825 on the eve of the quote black war irish convict claire carroll works as a servant for a colonial force detachment commanded by lieutenant hawkins the unit is visited by an officer to see if hawkins is fit for promotion claire nicknamed nightingale sings and serves drinks for the men after work claire visits hawkins to make an inquiry and he forces her to sing a special song for him um hawkins makes unwanted advances on her and Claire rebuffs them. She asks about the letter of recommendation that would free her, uh, her husband, Aiden, and their infant daughter. Hawkins rapes her. Aiden suspects that Claire has been hurt, but remains calm when he confronts Hawkins about the letter. However, he fails to sway him. That night, Aiden engages in a brawl with Hawkins, his second-in-command, Sergeant Ruse, and Ensign... Is that how you say it? Ensign? Ensign. Ensign. Uh, I'm illiterate and <laughs> how do you okay I, I got, I'm I putting a Spanish flair on this name and I know it's not right is it Jago I think it's just Jago cause I'm trying to say Hago and I'm like that's not <laughs> right um, the visiting officer witnesses the incident and decides that he is unfit for a promotion Hawkins commands ruse and uh, what was it? I'm, I'm sorry. Jog, Jago. Jago. Uh, I don't need to know his name for long. <laughs> to gather supplies <laughs> for a journey through the bush to the town of uh, Launston, right? Uh-huh. I kept thinking they were saying Lawrenston, like, real fast. I was like, wow, they're saying that fast. Launston. <laughs> uh, Launston, Tasmania, in hopes of negotiating with the officer. Before departing... The soldiers intercept the Carroll family, attempting to flee. Hawkins rapes Claire and bids Ruse to do so as well, which he does. Hawkins shoots and kills Aiden and commands Jago to 
quiet Claire's crying baby, resulting in Jago swinging the infant against the wall and killing her. Instructed to kill Claire and finish things, a hesitant Jago hits her in the head with his rifle butt. Woo! The following morning, Claire awakens. Uh, she then reports the incident to a RMP official, but realizes that he's of no help, so decides to seek revenge herself with the help of an aboriginal tracker named Billy. Claire presents the mission to Billy as her desire to rendezvous with her husband on his journey. At first, Claire is domineering toward Billy, but their mutual hostility dissipates and they gradually bond as they learn about each other's tragic upbringings, with both gaining an increased appreciation for each other's culture. Billy tells Claire that his actual name is Mangana uh, Palawa Kani for uh, Blackbird, the yellow-tailed black cockatoo, and that he wishes to go north to reunite with the still-living female members of his people. Meanwhile, the, the officers recruit three convicts and an aboriginal, Charlie, for their journey. Um, Hawkins takes a liking to one of the convicts, a child named Eddie, and Bruce kidnaps a woman named Luana to be used as a sex slave. What? It's even difficult for me to read, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, do, I Am don't... I vaguely dissociating while you're reading this? Maybe. <laughs> like, I feel like I almost am, too, because I'm yeah. just like, this is, like, it, it's so horrible. Um... Aboriginal men kill one of the convicts and injure Jago in an unsuccessful rescue mission. Hawkins holds Luana hostage, then kills her, distracting the men. He, Ruse, and the convicts flee, leaving Jago behind. Later, Claire and Mangana stumble upon Jago, whom Mangana assumes is her husband. Claire corners Jago, uh, stabbing and beating him to death. Mangana... Uh, considers abandoning Claire, but after he learns the true story behind her desire to get revenge, he decides to stay. Charlie, as revenge for the soldiers' inhumanity, diverts the journey to a dead end on the summit of a mountain. Ruse kills him, but Hawkins chastises Ruse and forces him to, see, to be their guide on the way back down. After Claire and Mangana find Charlie's body, Mangana performs burial rites and informs Claire that now he too seeks vengeance. The two approach the group of four men, but Claire freezes when she sees Hawkins, allowing him to graze her with a musket shot, forcing Claire and Mangana to split up. Mangana is found and forced to be the new guide. He brings the soldiers back to the main path to Launceston, and Hawkins orders Eddie to kill Mangana, but Eddie hesitates, allowing Mangana to escape. Hawkins tries to abandon Eddie, but when Eddie begs for a second chance, Hawkins shoots and kills him. And let me just remind you all that Eddie is maybe seven years old. Yep, he's a small, he's a baby. He's a little so, baby. that was something to watch. Anyway, uh, Claire also finds her way back onto the main, pa main path <clears throat> and reunites with Mangana. They, enter, they encounter a chain gang of aboriginal men, one of whom informs Mangana that he is now the last of his people. When the prisoner yells at his captors about their callousness, they shoot him and the others dead. In Launceston, Claire confronts a newly 
promoted Hawkins about his crimes in the presence of his fellow officers while Magana watches in hiding. The two then flee town, but Magana dons war paint and makes back for the town despite Claire's pleas that he'll be murdered. She follows as Mangana enters the hostel where Hawkins and Ruse are lodged and proceeds to kill them both, but not before Ruse shoots and deeply wounds him. Claire and Mangana flee and arrive at a beach where Mangana dances and declare, declares himself a free man while Claire sings, uh, what is it, panegyric? Are you reading this? Yes, I am. What, what is that fucking word? Is it panegyric? I think so. That's what we're going to go with. Um, gay... <laughs> Claire sings a Gaelic folk song. I'll just say that. As the two watch the sunrise. The end. The end. So, this movie's a lot. And I guess we should say, we should remind people that this is by um, the same person who directed The Babadook. This is her second movie. Yep. It sure is. And she said, I'm going to pivot something very, very intense and very different from what I made before. <laughs> yes. Ah! Intense. Intense and emotional and somewhat traumatizing. Yes. Very different somewhat. from the Babadook. Um, yeah. So this is your first time watching it. So I'd like, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And feelings and reactions. So the, yes, this is my first time watching, and um, fuck, it was so. <laughs> it was like some. It was like both as intense as I thought it would be, and not as intense as I thought it would be. If that makes any sense, like, um, it it was. Ugh. Fuck, man. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like i thought that okay there are five sexual assaults in this movie and while that's an extremely high number i thought it would be even more than that or for longer um oh really i did and so i was like this is weird to say but i was like pleasantly surprised that there weren't more and it wasn't longer like they're relatively fast um I notoriously cannot handle those, uh, as we all know. Um, and, uh, I just, I did not have a great time watching this. Like this is, um, one of, this is like the definition of watch once never again, because I feel like this is a fantastic movie, like a plus plus, but I don't know if I can ever watch it again because it's just so much. And even apart from the sexual assault, it's like the the intense racism in this movie is really a lot, especially as an indigenous person. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like uh, it, it was like I, I could my brain was like starting to break. It was like so much. Um, and I feel like, you know it's weird to me that this movie isn't more popular. Like when it came out, people talked about it, but it wasn't like, like, uh, like a critical darling. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like, critics loved it, 
but I didn't hear many people like championing it like on social media or anything and I kind of get why because it's like how can you recommend anyone watch this <laughs> like it's it's honestly it's, yeah I was thinking about like if I could recommend it to someone and like I think this is a great movie and I, I <laughs> definitely <laughs> it, like I'm like lost for words it's definitely one of the best um rape revenge movies I've ever seen and probably ever yeah. will see it's one of mm-hmm. the best um war movies uh definitely one of the best movies that about like racism but there is so much in it like uh, you fully see a baby get thrown against a wall. You like, fully see a baby get thrown against the wall, and it's it's like wild. And then because... you see another baby get abandoned in the middle of the woods. <laughs> yeah, and then you see another like kid get shot, get fucking shot. And it's just like um, your brain can only handle so much, and it, it's a two hour and sixteen minute movie. Yeah, it's like. So let's. It's like your brain like t- it shuts off after. It's like you start. It dissociate. does. It's like you dissociate while watching the movie because you're just like. That was rude. That was really rude. Damn. But yeah, no, you're right. Jesus. Did it come into your house? It was like, what did you say about this? <laughs> Jennifer Kent drove a fucking train through my apartment. <laughs> she said, "Hold up." <laughs> choo choo, bitch. But yeah, um, you, you do. I agree. Because this whole, like, so I was reading, there was a huge backlash when this movie came out because of how violent it is. And I, but Jennifer Kent had something really, you know, Jennifer Kent responded to a lot of that, that, that controversy by saying that, like, it, it's supposed to be this violent because she wants to historically, his she wants to be historically accurate in her depictions of violence and racism against uh, indigenous Australian people. And mm-hmm. like she worked with Tasmanian as Aboriginal elders to make sure it was an honest and depict a necessary depiction of their history. Like she worked with actual indigenous Australian people to make sure. And like, it's like, I think it's a very important movie because I think it's important. We all acknowledge that violence. Like, it's like you said, a lot of times in movies that are about war and colonial violence, it's very much like, but it wasn't that bad. Like, don't worry about how brutal it actually was. Right. Um, but Jesus Christ. Um, and it's like colonial violence on multiple levels too. Like Jennifer Kent is not fucking around here. Like this is a movie about, the racism against indigenous Australian people and then racism against Irish people. Mm-hmm. And because Australia is a penal colony, it was a penal colony. So in this movie, the British are have colonial control over Australia. Claire, like we said, is a Irish prisoner. And then Billy is Billy is the, the guide who is the like indigenous person. So you got like all these layers of racism and sexism and like just all out cruelty to people who are different from you. Yeah. Like, just think about like all the things that we just said. So there's five sexual assaults, three kids are killed because leaving a fucking toddler in the middle of the woods is killing them. Wait, there's five sexual assaults. I thought there were only three, only three. What's wrong with me? 
Well, um, there's the first one within like the first like five minutes of the movie. Yep. Um, there's the second one with Hawkins, and then he tells his man to do it. To oh, oh, that's her. true. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was thinking of scenes, not actual people. Oh no, no. Yeah, Sorry. I, I know what yes. you mean. Yeah, there's only three scenes. Yes, you're right. Well, three scenes. If you, if you can only, if you can say only. Yeah, I but, know. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then uh, this the the sexual assault of the um Lawana. Lawana, yeah. Uh, twice. So. Which, okay, I will say this is a really weird thing to say, but like I'm really glad they gave Luana a name because she Me could too. have easily been this like really like oh look at like indigenous woman getting mm-hmm. raped and nameless, but they give her a name and an identity, which is a really small detail, but like it it's really important in your naming the person like the the person who is raped and she is eventually murdered, and like not just making her some like nameless person or like. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, just, just like a, just another woman that he assaults. Yeah. And it makes but it all you, the more, it makes it even more tragic because it's like, oh my God, like, you know, and she's, she has a kid. Like, they just steal her from her kid. Yeah, and leave her and kid just in leave the middle the of the woods. Yeah. And then, like, um, there's at least five murders of Aboriginal people while they're on the path. At least, uh, uh-huh. there's, um, God, I, it, like just abuse, like uh, manipulation of that kid, like ugh, it's just a lot. Um, I would say that I loved this movie. It's really weird because I, I, this is the second time I've seen it, and I loved it more this time, and I also refuse to ever watch it again. Now, like I will not watch this movie again. I might watch it again, but it's got to be, like, months, and if not, like, over yeah, a year. Yeah, it's been multiple years since I've seen it. I saw it in the movie theater by myself. That was a mistake. Oh, my. She don't love herself. I know. I I left, and I was like, well, that was really fucking awful. Like, that was traumatic. Yeah. It's, um... <sighs> It's a, it's like a beautiful movie. And let me also say this. There's only for me only one likable character in this entire movie. And it is Billy mm-hmm. or Mangana. Um cuz he's it like I texted you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Unpopular opinion, I think I hate Claire." And you were just like, "Ooh, it was really hard for me to, like, I know, I, I, guess, I should have known that she was going to be racist, too. But I guess because she was, like, a prisoner and Irish, like, I just didn't, I don't know, I just didn't know that was going to happen. So when she saw, like, when she tells her friends, like, hey, bury my family here, I'm, like, peacing out, I'm going to go find these motherfuckers. Um, they're like, you cannot go alone. Like, you'll fucking die. At least take uh, a guide with you. And they're, they're like, saying that the guide is black. And she's like, I'm not traveling with a black. And I was like, oh, it's like that. Because I'm used to movies, I guess. And in movies, usually the person that you're supposed to root for is not a piece of shit. 
and um i was like oh she it doesn't even matter that she's like a prisoner and that she was just sexually assaulted and uh like you know her whole family died like she still somehow finds the energy to be a fucking racist okay yes i have but i've thought about this a lot and i want to i'm not pushing back because that's the wrong word because she's fucking racist and that is not what i'm pushing back against but it's an it's an interesting layer in that you like because you would expect her to be like sympathetic towards the indigenous Australian people who are treated like shit, but it's like her one way of exacting power over somebody. You know what I mean? Like it is only in this way that she feels like she has any kind of power. Like there's only one, like this is a person below her and then she can feel like she is in charge. It's not good, but like, that's kind of how I saw it. It was like her desperation to like be in power and find some way to feel like she's in control of a situation yeah and that is how i interpreted it too yeah um it's the same with um yeah ruse that right the one the guy who is like basically hawkins is like right hand man um yeah like wants to be him and like wear his skin um he's the same way because he has no power he's not in charge hawkins is in charge and Hawkins is, like, a tougher, smarter person than he is. So he finds ways to exert his power by, like, um, you know, beating up Aboriginal people, uh, kidnapping the Aboriginal Aboriginal woman, and um, using her as, like, his personal sex slave. Um, that's his way of exerting power. It's yeah. Just, it's like... I. It's not that I didn't like it. I'm not saying like, oh, I hate that she was racist in this movie because it makes sense that she was racist. I just didn't expect it because Mm -hmm. I'm so used to like whitewashed versions of these stories where, you know, the person that we're supposed to root for this badass bitch is like not problematic in that way. Like, you know, surprise. Yeah. And I actually really like that that movies that this movie is like that, because I mean, it's first of all, more realistic. Like, that's exactly how that would have gone. Um, And it's just it gives like more depth to the story, to her character. Um, And it it kind of creates more tension between, um, you know, Claire and Billy because they don't trust each other and why would they in real life why would they trust each other they don't know each other and she's white he's aboriginal he doesn't realize that like she's not english like he thinks that she's english and that makes him hate her more uh later on they clear that up and she's like i'm fucking irish like it's not the same uh but like Obviously, if I were him, I wouldn't fucking trust anybody either. Like, you know? Yeah. It was just... um, All I was saying is that it's really hard for me, like, to accept that I'm, like, supposed to root for this person. It's not a fault of the movie. I think this is exactly what the movie was going for. Um, But, yeah, it was just hard for me to, like... I guess, trust her, her character at first. She does come around and stops being fucking racist. And even I grows very attached to Billy, I would say. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was really tough to watch that. He he and all the other Abor- Aboriginal people in this movie are treated like fucking dog shit. Like less than dog shit. And it just made me like kind of, you know, think about, I don't know, like, I don't know. I've been like really like sheltered from, um my like race and my heritage in a lot of ways like mm-hmm. you know growing up i mean i i'm i'm indigenous like native american um well like half apache to be more specific than that but um growing up you know we always like visited reservations um there was one pretty close to us here it wasn't an apache reservation but it was a reservation and we would go there like every year and just kind of like meet everybody and like talk to everyone. There was like a festival there that we would go to. Um, and just like, we would like stock up on stuff that we at the time couldn't get anywhere else, like moccasins. Uh, those became very popular. (laughs) Actually, we used to get made fun of for wearing the moccasins, and I used to hate fucking wearing them um, because people would always make fun of us. And then imagine my surprise when they became, like, (laughs) hipster as fuck. Um, But, you know, just, like, besides, like, all that, like, I feel like, you know, because we've talked about this before, but my dad is, like, older. So where he's from, which is, like southern texas you know they weren't allowed to just be fucking brown people like you know they had to change all their birth certificates to say white because like no one would give them jobs no one would like you know let them in school they had to go to like um catholic school and that's a whole other issue with native american people going to catholic school i just feel like when i was watching this i feel i felt like uh, I don't know. I just felt so fucking sad. Yeah. Like, in multiple ways, obviously, because, you know, I was like, triggered by other stuff, too. But uh, I just felt really sad, like, for Native people everywhere. Because I'm like, damn, like, it's still not fucking over is the thing. Like, right this second, Indigenous people, Indigenous women are being fucking uh, kidnapped and murdered and no one gives a fuck. And it makes me, like... I mean, it makes everyone upset, but, like, I, it, like, really made me think about it. And sometimes I feel, like, a little disconnected from, you know, um, that part of my heritage because I just, like... You know, we got to go to the reservation every year and go to the festival and stuff, and but that was all the fun stuff, you know? Like, I didn't... Um, you know, I was kind of protected in some ways from like some of the stuff, you know, my cousins and stuff had to go through on reservations. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes any type of sense, I'm kind of rambling as I do. No, it does. But but it's like, I mean, of course I've experienced a lot of racism in my life. Yeah. Um. But surprisingly, that's not, like, what I was thinking about. I was thinking about, you know, just all of the 
bullshit all indigenous people everywhere have had to go through. It's like, it may, like I texted you because um, later, like pretty late in the movie, there's a scene where uh, Billy and Claire are like found by this older like white couple. Like, yeah. And, and obviously it's been fucking days of them walking and running and killing and not eating and stuff. So they look horrible. And the old couple like takes them home to like feed them and make sure they get showered and stuff even though the wife is suspicious as fuck Mm -hmm. uh you know but the (laughs) billy is like sitting on the ground waiting for his measly portion of food which the wife puts on the ground like he's a fucking dog and then the the husband like invites him to sit at the table and like that made me so upset (laughs) Like I was, I was happy, but it, that almost made me cry because I was like, fuck, he's, he's seen so much. His whole entire family is dead. All, all the, uh, Aboriginal people that they've come across have been fucking murdered right in front of them. Um, just like he's been with this woman who wouldn't even call him by name. She kept calling him boy. Uh, they were all the Aboriginal guides are called boy, mm-hmm. uh, and like someone showed him the slightest bit of humanity, and he was like beside himself. Yeah, he expresses his emotions. I would say pretty well. Like he explains them, but he doesn't actually like seem to allow himself to feel them until that moment and he starts like bawling his eyes out and he's like this is my fucking country and like this is how it is like yeah. you know what i mean yeah that moment really got me well and i just like related to like the the moment that made me really that fucked me up like i was watching this and i started crying is like there's a moment when they're sitting around the fire together and they're just kind of chatting back and forth and it's like one of the earlier times that she's still being an absolute dick um, but the, you can see like the bond starting to form between the two of them as they start sharing more with each other and they just the way that they talk to each other and the way they start kind of like sharing their traumas especially when she's like I'm Ireland not England and he goes wait what and they both sing in their languages she sings in Gaelic and he sings in Palawakani and it's just like this beautifully sad moment of them finding solidarity in each other in some way and realizing that they they do have a similarity that they are like taken from their homes and that they're stuck in this horrific cycle of violence and trauma and it didn't hit me like the first time I saw it as much I think I was more fixated on like the visceral kind of the violent stuff and not as much the relationship between Billy and Claire and kind of the beauty of that relationship and how it grows and changes over time. Like the first time she says Billy instead of boy. Mm. Um, and just like the evolution of that relationship in a way that I think is really beautiful because it's not necessarily trying to like excuse anybody or like make her seem like a better person for realizing he's not 
like for, for realizing she's being racist, but just like, I don't know. The way it's handled, I think, is really beautiful and makes a lot of sense and feels right and also devastating at the same time. Yeah, 100% agree. I wonder if like um, race does affect how you see this movie. I think it probably does. Because I did not fucking trust her, especially when she came out with Boy the first time. I was like, I'll fucking kill this bitch where she stands right (laughs) now. But I didn't want to feel that way. But that was my instinct was like, oh, you're fucking racist. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's all I saw. Not that, like, you know what I mean? I didn't want anything in the movie to happen to her, but it just made me, like, viscerally really angry. And I think that I'm not saying, like, white people won't get angry at that. I'm just (laughs) wondering if they fixate on that like a brown or black person would. You know? Yeah. Or do they more focus on, like, yeah, she said that, but, like, look what happened to her. Like, she needs to get to them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, that's not going to be the case. Like, if you're brown or black, you're not always going to think one way. If you're white, you're not always going to think one way. But I do wonder if you were to take, like, a survey, who would focus on what part of what just happened? Yeah. Well, because, like, I mean, honestly, like, I did focus more on, like, the violence against Claire the first time I saw this. You know what I mean? Like, I will admit Mm -hmm. that. Like, that was kind of what took precedent in my mind the first time I watched it. And then this time I focused a lot. I was a lot. I was drawn more to Billy's character and, like, kind of looking at his kind like, uh, and focusing more on that relationship and him as a character rather than just thinking about Claire as like the woman getting revenge but as the two of them getting revenge because I did when I first saw this kind of thought about it mostly as her revenge but this time I saw it as a collective revenge rather than just him supporting her you know what I mean absolutely yeah because that's how I saw it Um, and I had gone into it like I didn't look anything up about it like this whole time somehow but I did kind of expect it to be more like just her, you know? And it really isn't. It's like very evenly split between both of them. So I I just saw it as both of them getting revenge. I mean, at first, you know, she full on lies to him because he's he's like, I don't want any trouble. And of course, he would be the one who got in the most trouble if if something happened, you know? Yeah. Um like she might go to jail but he would absolutely 100% lose his life yeah you know and oh, yeah. so that further made me like he couldn't even like consent to that like you know because uh, maybe if she had just been like I'm gonna go fucking kill those bastards he might have been like alright like you know I don't think he would have but that would have at least given him the option to be like yeah I'll, I'll do that or no absolutely not you know yeah. But how she plays it, how she handles it is, well, he's in it now. He's like implicated no matter what. Um, so, uh, I forget why I'm saying that. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely um, saw it as both of their revenge. Yeah. Which I, I also, um, until I read that synopsis, I didn't really get why Charlie led the guys like to the middle of fucking nowhere. 
Like, I thought maybe he had planned that from the jump, but it looks like he did that in as revenge for, like, how they treated the the uh, the woman that they kidnapped, Luana. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out when I was watching it. Like, was it planned the whole time, or was it revenge? Like, was it always revenge? Like, it was always a piece. It was always going to be revenge, but did he plan it from the jump, or, like you said, was it because of her? her? I mean... I always viewed it as, like, he was going to do it anyway. I like that better, actually. I think I just kind of, like, got the vibe the whole time that he, like, knew what he was doing. And the stuff that happened around him was just kind of fuel on the fire. Yeah. That's how I viewed it. And, like, he knew he was going to die the whole time. So he just, like, didn't care about (laughs) anything. Yeah. I liked him too, except I, I I don't know. I find it difficult in movies when like I understand he would have been in total danger and he should not have um helped her, but it was really hard for me to accept that he was just sitting there while Luana was being attacked. Yeah, I was and like while she was being raped, I was just like I I did I was like how fucking painful does it have to be to sit there and know that if you do something you'll die, but if you don't do anything, she'll die. And it's just, like, a fucking horrendous position that you're placed in every single day. For it, Like, in this movie, it's, like, every day an indigenous Australian is being placed in a horrific position of either surviving or dying, and they have to either stick up for themselves and die doing that or just let themselves be treated like shit, and they might get killed anyway. Like, there's nothing... It's so hopeless, you know what I mean? That, like... I don't know. It felt more hopeless this time watching it, I guess, because it was just like... Death seems to be the only answer. Yeah, like, that's something I appreciate about any movie is, like, when it just shows the futility of everything. Yeah. Like, really nothing matters. That's definitely how this movie feels. Like, no matter what you do doesn't matter you know to someone you're just a nobody yep fuck yeah one of the things that i had initially and still really appreciated about this movie is its portrayal of ptsd for sexual assault survivors Mm. was something that i really appreciated because in a lot of rape revenge movies previously ptsd isn't always addressed in terms of like the physical effects of trauma and the mental effects of trauma. And in, rape, and like in rape revenge movies, a lot of the time it's very um, exaggerated. So, you know, you don't really have time for this interiority for the Avenger. But here, you she has all of these horrific nightmares that are some of the most haunting sequences of the movie when, like, she's asleep and her dead husband and baby show up and say, we're all right we're all right over and over again. And then she turns oh, around God. and it's the guy Jago that she stabbed with like, stab wounds in his face, chasing her and screaming. We're all right. We're all right. We're all right. And it's just like, as someone who has PTSD, those moments, it's like, to see that kind of reality of what it means to deal with trauma is important to me to see that people realize that 
these kinds of movies aren't just about like getting revenge and like feeling superior. It's like you're suffering regard like no matter what. And there's no like band-aid or thing that can be done to really fix it. But also like the maddening nature of that PTSD and how you feel like you can you want to do anything to make it stop. Um and you like, you know, will getting revenge make that kind of trauma go away? The answer is no. <laughs> but like yeah, which she finds out very quickly because she immediately just wants to stop. Exactly. She when she faces the reality of revenge, she's like, uh, uh, "Fuck, uh, I can't do it." Well, yeah, and and that's actually what made me text you and be like, oh, "I I hate her because that was just me being impatient." Like because uh, it was the moment where she's getting ready to shoot Hawkins and then just stares at him and blows her own cover and he finds her like you know what i mean and i was just like fuck lady like you you got all the way there you put billy in this situation he didn't want to fucking be in and then you choke like obviously i understand why and that's a totally normal if not healthy reaction is to just be like actually i don't want to kill someone um but, like, for movie purposes, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> you know, when she froze, like, it's frustrating, but also reminds me of moments when, like, I've seen my rapists in public and, like, thought of saying something and then freeze immediately and feel like I'm going to vomit and die. And, like, that rage that you have in you that is building and building and then all of a sudden you can't do anything about it and you're frozen. It's the most, like, debilitating thing when you feel that. Like, where you're like, I can do this, I can say something, and then it just, like, knocks the wind out of you when you see that person. And, like, they terrify you all over again. And it's just fucking harrowing. And I didn't think it was going to hit me as hard this time as it did the first time, but I was very wrong. It's hard to watch. (laughs) I also noted um, the depiction of PTSD in this movie, and... I agree. It's like, it was actually like scary accurate to the point where it like made me really uncomfortable. And I was like, I didn't like sign up to think. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Those, um, if you don't, if you don't mind me like saying, uh, those scenes are some of my favorite scenes visually. Like, uh, I I feel like was it Jennifer Kent who was like I don't want to make another like horror movie because I don't want to be like a horror director was that her or someone that was her or something like along like along Similar. those lines yeah I think she was getting like a ton of horror scripts but I don't think and she was like but I don't want to just do horror like well congrats you did another horror movie <laughs> just on a whole different level of horror. Well, wouldn't you say in those, like, nightmare scenes, they were very Babadook-ish? They were. Like, because there's a lot of playing with shadow and, like, things. Yeah. They definitely had, like, those horrific elements. And there were moments, like, when she was awake, there's one really terrifying moment where a guy, like, comes out of the woods when she wakes up. Oh, and he's, God. like, creeping out of the woods. And it's, like, a circle of, like, a firelight. And then you just kind of see him coming in with this horrific face. Like, you know exactly what he wants. And I was like, nope. Nope. 
absolutely not. This is creepy. No, thank you. I'm good. Mm, yeah. That gave me chills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and it does other similar, like those scenes do other similar things with the Babadook, like just people framed like right in the middle of the frame staring at the camera and coming near like closer to you like you know in um the babadook when essie davis is like having a fucking breakdown and she's like floating towards the camera it's really scary this movie almost does that no one floats but they might as well because it's really scary and yeah just the makeup effects in those nightmare scenes where like you were saying Jago appears next to her and just starts screaming and running at her his makeup is like really scary yes <laughs> everything about the cinematography in this movie is fucking perfect but I of course especially love the horror like more horror parts yeah well and like I think like we talked you talked about how long this movie is but I also feel like it's like really well paced and, like, Very, I feel yeah. like it wouldn't be as good if it was shorter. And I, I don't usually say that about movies. But this is a movie, I think, that benefited from being two hours and 15 minutes. Because I think it gave Kent time to explore the relationships between people, but also give Billy his own story and, like, characters like Luana and Charlie their own story. And while they're not the focus, like, she has the space to kind of have those characters have their moment. And pay respect to characters who aren't just Claire. And because, you know, Claire could have easily just been the focus and we couldn't have given a shit about Luana or any of the other indigenous characters. But she took the time to have a script that was about more than just that. And I think the movie length benefit, like the movie benefits from its length because she knows what she's doing with like every minute of that movie. Yeah, I don't even know what you would cut out. Yeah, exactly. It's not a movie where it's like, yeah, exactly what you said. It's not like you're watching it and you're like, all right, this doesn't need to be in here. Like, there's no moment <laughs> where that happens. It She needed every second of the runtime, I think. I, d- I normally do like pretty long movies. Um, I don't know why that is. But... Yeah, this is definitely one where it's like I have if if a studio exec or someone or just a fucking nobody on Twitter was like, hey, you need to cut 15 minutes out of this. Good luck finding that 15 minutes because I don't know where it's coming from. Even even if you did like a slice of a scene here, a slice of a scene there, I still don't know what you'd cut out. Yeah, it's like a perfect movie, honestly. In my I, opinion. I, I was thinking that. I really was thinking that when I, I was like, this might be a perfect movie. Which, <laughs> it's like, you say that about this movie, but they're like, but don't watch it. Like, you don't want to recommend it to people. It's like, it's a perfect movie, but you probably don't want to watch it. But it's perfect. But it'll make you want to cry for six hours. Yeah, I I would just say, you know, just be prepared. Because it's like, even when you do prepare yourself, it is a lot. Like, it really is. Even if it doesn't hit you in the moment afterwards, you're going to be like, wow, that was a fucking lot of stuff that happened in that movie. Yeah. Goddamn. And it just never ends. Like, it just never ends. And let me just say this. I have no idea why people hate ultraviolet movies 
to the extent that they do. Like, what are you? Did, did they watch the movie? Like, why? What? I don't understand. Why were people complaining about that? About a bit, like you know, about it I mean? being hyper violent. Yeah, because it's hyper violent, and people don't want to confront the reality of why it is hyper violent. I feel like people can deal with it if it's like an action movie or Saw. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, it's fake, but this is such real colonial violence of like face your shit that people are like, I can't handle that. And it's like, and those are the people that need to watch it the most. <laughs> yeah, it's like get a grip. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're gonna I, watch action movies, and you're going to watch a ton of like gory horror movies and like yeah maybe the gore in those in those contexts it's like oh the gore isn't as isn't meaningful i don't know even when you watch like a superhero movie like you do realize when the fucking superheroes crash into all those buildings like all all those people in those buildings probably die all i ever think about is that when i watch those movies i don't be watching them but that (laughs) is what happens like you know yes you just don't see the blood, I guess. No, and like it's like you. I think about it a lot because it's like the the damage that is inflicted, but no one ever talks about, and like the effects of like superheroes and what happens in a superhero movie when they leave, and like that's dealt with in fucking one of the movies. I don't fucking remember which fucking one, but it was like, oh, like you destroyed a town, like a city in Africa, and what the fuck? And they're like, oops, sorry. <laughs> Like, they just, and I guess, I guess someone could argue, you know, those things are destroyed in pursuit of, like, you know, saving the world, but not always. Wasn't there, like, a whole fucking movie about two superheroes fighting each other? Or many movies? I don't watch them, as I just said. There's quite a few of them that are like that. You're going to have to be specific, my friend. (laughs) I I can't be, but... But you know what I mean? Like, okay, they're fighting each other. And for what? Like, they're arguing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't destroy whole cities when I argue with, like, my sister. That's, like, you that's know, what you that's think. not okay. That's what you think. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But, again, you don't see the blood. You don't think about it. You're not shown the consequences. So you're not supposed to really, like, you know, process it. It's not violence because you're not seeing the effects of the violence. So therefore, it's like, oh, well, if I didn't see anyone die, then it was probably an empty building. And you're like, obviously, that's not true. But I feel like that's kind of like the thought process that people kind of assume movie viewers to have. It's like, it's mindless violence. And so when Jennifer Kent is trying to have violence with like a very specific purpose, people are like, oh, no, no, we don't want that. It just irritates me. It irritates me that... You know, people react that way to these specific types of stories. And then it's like, you know, I don't know. Christopher Nolan can make like a really long war movie and no one says anything about that. But that's the thing is like war, you're glorifying yeah. violence and you're usually like, oh, look at the heroes of the war and the things they exactly. do. And it's like they can kill the people they want as long as they're heroes. Well, as long as they're on the good side. Yeah, exactly. And here, and like, there isn't really a good side. Like, I guess you're, there... Well, is there ever? No, exactly. But here especially, it's like so incredibly not... It's a, there's yeah. no good person. It's just a lot of fucked up people who are trying to like deal with their shit. 
Yeah. But I oh. mean, I guess I would argue the Aboriginal side is the good side. Well, yeah, that. I guess you're right. Like they're they're killing but in self-defense, really. Yeah, that's true. You don't ever see them just kill people for no reason. No. No, they're pretty like they're like we're not trying to fuck around and make trouble, guys. Like please just leave us alone. Like Yeah, they try to get the um the all the white people. Like there's several moments where white people encounter aboriginal people on the path. And the aboriginal people are usually like put your gun down or like whatever and like and they try to, you know, de-escalate the situation and just the white people are how they are. In this movie, I mean. Well, that so that brings me to I wanted to talk about um, Lieutenant Hawkins, that piece of human trash. Um, punchable face, punchable. Face. It talks like this. Yeah, <laughs> almost. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> Very close. He he seem, he sounds like he's maybe from Wales. Nightingale. That was so not it at all. She's going to get it at some point. <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing it and trying not to think about how much this movie makes me want to, like, dissociate out of my skin. Um, I hope you do keep doing <laughs> that. I like it. But I was thinking a lot about his character this time. And this, how, how, how do I, how do I say this? He is the cruelest character I think I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> and I we've we've both seen some shit, dude. He fucking but, forms a bond with a child and then immediately kills him. I just like, and you know, you, you were talking about Roos being his like right hand man, and he is the like Roos is the typical like scummy guy who takes things too far, but it's because he's taking cues from Hawkins. Like he wants to emulate that cruelty of Hawkins, but Hawkins's cruelty is very cold, and like. Ruse has still has like emotional attachment, I think, to like his actions. Like he's more passionate. Not the right, not the right word, but like he's got kind of like emotions behind his things, like anger and hate. And with Hawkins, it's just very like sociopathic and cold. That's what it is. It's manipulation it's a lot of the time. So and he's smarter. He's so and that's like it's just so nasty the way you can see him like laugh like ooh, ooh, here okay. He reminds me, I'm sorry, I'm about to get very, very real. He reminds me of my rapist because my rapist was very similar and being very smiley and cold and calculating and always thinking he was smarter than you and that he could like outsmart you and get you to do what he wanted. And it makes my skin fucking crawl so much. Like that smug smile that those fucking dudes get on their faces when they're like, I can do whatever I want and I really hate it. Sorry. It just makes me no, very upset. You- you have nothing to be <laughs> sorry about. A testament to the performance from that actor. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm so, like, I, I, I hope he's okay. Or I hope I never I never get to meet him. I don't know. I'm scared of that man. <laughs> um, that's always something that, like, deeply triggers me in movies. Um, when, like, the bad guy, like, smiles or laughs or something. Because my dad used to do that. Because my dad is someone who thinks he's smarter than everyone. And, you know, sometimes, like, he is. Like, he he was a very smart guy. And just like I said about Hawkins, he's a smart guy, too. And he was smart enough, Hawkins, I mean, to be calculated, where Ruse is not smart enough to be calculated. Because he wants, he wants the power and 
and by power, I mean he wants people to fear him and respect him out of fear. But he can't ever have that because he's a fucking dumbass and everyone knows it. Um, but yeah, that that's that actually that same thing got to me in this movie because um, it it made me think about my dad and just how my he would do this slimy thing like um i don't know this might surprise you i don't like authority yeah like i would i would not just like accept you know what he was saying to me um at at a point obviously i was a little bit older and he, he would do a thing like where he he would like uh stand there like stock still and then his lip would start quivering like the corners like he was trying not to laugh and it was like really scary and he got like this fucking look in his eye and he'd be like oh is that is that what you think like you know what i mean like exactly how i just said it like you know like oh you you think that's like what you're gonna do like you know what i mean like say it like that and i saw that in hawkins and i was like Oh, alert, alert. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone run away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck. I hate characters like that in any movie. It always gets me, too. Every single time. I guess that's the nature of trauma, but uh, it creeps me out. Yep. And I just want to hit them. I just want to fucking hit them. Yep. And one day I will. <laughs> Someone's going to smile at me, and I'm just going to... Fucking gonna punch them in the face. Hit them in the face, and they're going to be like, I said have a nice day. Don't fucking tell me what to do. I will not have a nice day. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm having a nice day because I want to have a nice day, not because you told me to. Are you okay? I uh, sure. As okay as you can be talking about this. Yeah. We do not have to talk about it anymore. We can talk about. We can talk about how after last episode, I realized that. Remember when I didn't know where Leeds was? Yes, I do. I realized that. <laughs> when I was in middle school, I was in, um, I don't know if this is specific to New Jersey, but it was called the Excel program. Was it called that where you're from too? Yes. Like the gifted program. Oh, yes. Uh, um, well, I was in that in middle school and <laughs> in my school, like that program was like basically history and geography and geology for some reason at a point. <laughs> in the like geography like parts of it she would make she would give us like we would spend whatever like a week studying an entire country and memorizing where everything was and then like when we would have our test she'd give us a blank continent and we'd have to like put all the countries like oh yeah name them all yep yeah and i, I want to say that like um you could also I-, I feel like she asked for capitals and stuff too and when you got to eighth grade, there was like, a, there was like a, like a, like a tournament, um, of nerds. Uh huh. Was, was it the geography? <laughs> was it the geography B? I don't. I guess I don't know. Like you had to like, you know. Yeah, I guess so because you would have to fill out like that thing. Whoever like got the best one would like move on, and then you would like. They'd be like, you know, what's the um, capital of, like, I don't know, like, Lithuania. And then you'd have to answer it. What's what's the capital of Lithuania? I don't fucking know, but... (laughs) Well, fine. 
But it made me laugh because <laughs> I remember I placed like third. <laughs> but I don't know well, anything now. I had a talking globe that helped me study. Because I'm a nerd. Wow. I would play like with the talking globe all the time. That's how I like knew things. That's and we, both really had, cute like, and really sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> it like had a pen on it, and you. Like, oh, I had pen. one of those. They're the yeah, best. Yeah, like they would quiz you and like ask you where things were, and yeah. you hit that with a pen. Yeah, I had one of those yeah, motherfuckers. And... That shit was so fun. It was so fun, and it really helped me. And I, 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 I placed like, like third or something like that, like high, high enough where I should know things still. But, like, not high enough where it's, like, I was, like, perfect at it. <laughs> like, you know Where's I mean? Leeds, bitch? <laughs> it's in England. <laughs> Thanks, Ren. <laughs> Ren messaged me. I was like, hey, I'm from near Leeds. And you're like, like oh, Great. hi. No. <laughs> Sweet. Great. I sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Fuck me. It okay. What else did you want to talk about? I feel like we weirdly, like, succinctly talked about our points. Yeah, because, like, it's just... The... <sighs> the movie is long, but it gets... It, it It's not hard to... It's not hard to, like, kind of tr- to plot where it goes if you've seen a Rape Revenge movie. If you've seen any movie. Any movie. Also, it's really <laughs> hard to talk about. <laughs> So I don't know. Talk I don't understand why this is so hard for me to talk about. I didn't think it was going to be that hard. But for some reason, I'm like just having a hard time. So am I, weirdly. <laughs> I mean, I've been... Like, here I am. Full disclosure, I have been like having a hard time the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, like with a bunch of things. But yeah, like this past whole week, I've been having like really bad nightmares and stuff about my dad. Oh, God. So... Yeah, it happens every, like, so often. I've, I have dad nightmares, too. Yay. Yay. This is why we're friends. Yay, we have trauma together. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I uh, deal with it pretty okay. If I deal with it, I mean, <laughs> drown myself in work and go to school and do work and take on a million projects and avoid my Shut feelings altogether. Shut up. stop fucking talking (laughs) leave me alone (laughs) why are you coming for me like this (laughs) uh yeah but i one last one last i guess shout out i want to give is to the actor who played billy his name is where the fuck did it go um by Kali Ganambar. It was his first movie, and I think... No. Yeah, right? Isn't that fucking nuts? It was his first movie. He's absolutely incredible, like, with his facial expressions and just, like, the way he represents, like, pain and just absolute devastation. He's incredible. But this was his first movie. Um, He was a YouTube star? He Like, he dan- like a YouTube <laughs> dancing star? Excuse me. And he joined a dance troupe um, and, like, was a dancer. Wow. Well, I, can I say? This man is 
younger than me. He's 27. He was born in 1994. Yeah. That's embarrassing wow. for me and for you. <laughs> the actor actress um, who played Claire is also younger. I don't. Well, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think she's your age. She's 28. Yeah. Um, she was also incredible. Incredible. Beginning it's, to end. Yes. Loved her. But yeah, uh, I, I doubt this was her first movie. No, she was, she was in a bunch of stuff before. She was in like, I think she was in Game of Thrones. She was, it looks like. I didn't know that because I've never seen it. But um, I'm looking at her page right now and it says Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, she was in two episodes. Yeah, he's he was incredible. He's, uh, I'm actually like blown away that this is his first movie. Right. And <laughs> when, okay. I don't know how this is going to sound. All right. <laughs> but when he was doing his, um, like, rituals and, like, his dances and stuff, did you ever watch America's Next Top Model? Yes. <laughs> okay, do you remember on America's Next Top Model when she fucking made them go to Australia and hang out with Aboriginal people? Yes! And by she, I mean Tyra. Yes! Um and she fucking made them, like, do the dances and stuff. And, like, they were giving absolutely nothing, like, for most of them. <laughs> yes. That was incredible. And I, ca- I I know I shouldn't have been thinking about that, but I could not help but think about that. Because I was like, fucking Tyra. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fucking Tyra. Um, so, Dax, <laughs> I think we already know the answer, but would you recommend this to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> that's really hard to say i think i would yes but i would give so many warnings at this is one movie like i am a stickler for spoilers and i'm like do not i don't even want to look at anything like i for any movie like i see movies based on like a single image and the title and like the title card like i'm not even kidding the most of the movies that i have loved in the past probably five years I knew absolutely fuck all about them before I saw them. I truly mean that. Like, at theaters, I will, like, close my eyes and cover my ears until the trailers are over if I Mm. think a movie looks good. Um, I'm that person. But for this movie, I would actually tell someone before they watch it, like, maybe you should read the synopsis and make sure that this is okay. Yeah. Like, make sure... Like, make sure you're prepared mentally for it. Yeah, like, make sure you're good. And I will say, like, it's not... This is going to sound really weird. It is not the most disturbing movie I have ever seen. Like, not by much, but, like, it isn't. Um, And I wonder if for somebody who has absolutely no connections to any of the issues in this movie if they would think it is totally fine. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would think you're a psycho if you did, though. I will say that. I would be very surprised, you know, if someone could just watch this and be like, oh, decent movie. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Really? Hmm. Yeah, didn't really have to think about that very much. But there, I guess, are people who really do not think about movies like that. Like, they just watch it and then that's it. You know? That like... I know. Like, I want that brain sometimes. 
other times I'm like, eh, that seems boring. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that, I will say, it's this is probably one of the more disturbing movies I've seen. And I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it again. I would watch it again, maybe, if someone was like, hey, can I watch this with you? I'd be like, okay. But I would like... Yeah. So I don't I don't know. I guess I guess yes. I would recommend this movie, but just please cannot overstate it enough. <laughs> know what you're going to watch. Yeah, I agree with and, that. And and make sure if you're telling someone else to watch it or you're inviting someone else to watch it that they know what they're going to see. Yeah. Even if you're somebody for some reason who isn't triggered by sexual assault, even if you're somebody who isn't triggered by like um I, I don't know, like racism um, or sexism. It, there are many child deaths. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, like, even I one. I just is a feel lot. like this movie's gonna have something triggering for anybody. It just depends on how triggering. It's gonna fuck you up. Like, if you can watch yeah, a kid get something sh- for the whole if you family. can watch a baby get thrown against a wall and not like be viscerally upset, then like I'm worried about you. I actually had the exact same reaction <laughs> that she had in the movie when that happened i i was just like whoop that's it like my brain is no longer present yep i knew it was coming and i gasped really loud it made me gasp, I gasped really because... loud i knew it was coming and i was like oh fuck i hate it i hate it so much i never want to see this again yeah. good lord i did not know it was coming i knew nothing about this movie except that like it was rape revenge um i had no idea that was coming and you would think like most other movies would cut from it or something. Nope. You fully see it. It is so upsetting. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I actually almost for a second thought it was going to go towards a Serbian film. Oh, God. If you know what yeah. I mean. I was fully prepared. I was like, I will turn this off and cancel <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> and you picked it. It wasn't me. So you can only blame yourself. <laughs> yeah. And I would. Would you recommend it? Yes. Yeah, you're the same. Yeah, I am the same. It's like, it's be- it's a beautiful piece of filmmaking. It's it's incredibly well done. It's incredibly well crafted. It's incredible. It's just really horrific. But like, I would like my movie. Like, I would like a. I love a good like. Well done, horrific movie. It's just, I don't want to watch them a lot. And unfortunately, this podcast makes me do that a lot. <laughs> well, you, you signed up for I it. did. And the next week's episode is going to be another level of hell. So I can't, can't wait for that. <laughs> wait, you often watch really horrific movies because your like, thing is rape revenge movies. Yeah. I have questions. I don't know. I'm, it's also like, I guess I feel maybe a little bit more sensitive. It's been a stressful couple of weeks and I'm very, my brain is a little bit like frayed, frayed and fried. So that might have something to do That's with fair. it too. I mean, you know, you're allowed to have movies that upset you more than others. <laughs> and this is sure as fuck one of them. It sure is. It's, um, yeah. What about the disturbometer? If you had to do, like, zero to ten blackbirds. I know we said we're not going to do ratings because they're arbitrary, but, like, let's just throw them. Uh, am I rating it on how good it is or how disturbing it is? Disturbing. I'm going to give this motherfucker a nine. Yeah, I was going to say eight. I think not. I, I say nine, and I think it's it's 
the sexual assault, it's the racism, it's the colonial violence on multiple levels. It's just like the gut-wrenching hopelessness of the whole thing, of the cycles of violence, of historical trauma. It's just like hit after hit after hit of things that are just so upsetting. And, you know, even if it's not violence on screen, you're watching someone grappling with their trauma, whether it was killing somebody or having been or having been taken from their family at a young age. It's just like it's endless amounts of trauma. So yeah. 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 And we didn't even talk about like the poverty and uh just like prison. <laughs> like we didn't even talk about those disturbing just factors. Prison. Just prison generally. Abolish it. Anyway, um yeah, so any any other points you wanted to make? Nope, that's all I got. <laughs> brain broken. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah brain broken. Um, if, if, like, I'll say this. If anybody wants to discuss this movie, <laughs> I guess reach out to me. <laughs> because I don't want anyone to, like, bombard you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so reach out to me or reach out to the tw- our Twitter um, like our podcast Twitter and we will get back to you when we are up to yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to talk about your pick? <laughs> your delightful choice? My delightful choice? choice for next week is Snowtown. Fuck me. <laughs> I can't wait to leave Australia. I cannot wait to leave. <laughs> we like started on a good note with like the loved ones like, yeah, this is great. And then it's like, oh God, we're ending on just depresso. Depresso change note. So this one Were you just like reciting a Harry Potter like curse at me? No, but it sort of sounded like it, didn't it? It, it did. It was, it's not, but it could it could I, be. Well, I liked Thank it. Thank you. But yeah, so this is a back to like true crimey based on a true story stuff. Um, including putting people in dead people in barrels, so <laughs> Love that. Oh, I love it. Just kidding. Sort of. But um, on that note, so thanks everyone for listening to this uh, this episode of Watch Once Never Again. Um, also sorry. Yeah. Oops, <laughs> sorry. Um, you can, you know, like Jack said, if you want to talk about the movie or have any thoughts, you can reach out to us via our email, um, wonapodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter at Wona Podcast at W O N A Podcast. You can also reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at M B McAndrews. And I'm at Daxy Bobbin. So thanks everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.